Thanks, Joel. Lots of food over the next couple weeks here. So, um, and we will have ice cream for Saturday night, so don't worry about that if you're not here on Sunday because uh, we always enjoy our ice cream on Saturday night. It's good to be together. I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, you can uh, go ahead and, and uh, do that online as well. I'm going to ask you to keep it open to Ephesians 4 because we're going to look at several verses toward the end of the chapter and then also something to take notes because I'm actually going to use a lot of Bible verses uh, tonight, uh, probably more, definitely more than usual, but there's going to be a lot of verses um, that will be on the screen and so you can write those down so you can look them up. And then I'm just going to ask you to write three things down as well that, that hopefully, I believe, will change your life because um, God's Word is powerful. This whole summer, we've been in the book of Ephesians, and our, our key verse is Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. It'll be on the screen. It says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things that He planned for us long ago. That you are God's masterpiece, that He's the artist, and we are His work of art, that He's the potter, we're the clay, He's the writer, and, and we are the the, 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 the book, this poem, whatever he's writing, he's telling the story of our life. And, and it tells us in Scripture that God, when he saves us, he actually wants to change us. He wants to change us through and through. You weren't saved by God just to stay the same and, and do the same things. You were saved by God so that he could change you from the inside out, that he could make you actually more like Jesus, that we would be conformed into the image of Christ. That's what he tells us in the book of Ephesians, that he wants to change us. And there's three areas of our life, and these will be the three things we write down tonight. There's three areas of our life that he wants to work on to bring about that transformation, to bring about the change that he wants to see in your life. And, and changing these three things will absolutely change your life. And so I wanted to look at the scriptures and see uh, what they are. And so if you have your Bibles open to Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to look at verse 22. That's where we're going to begin tonight and then work our way to the end. It says, throw off your sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Okay, so God wants to change us from what we were to what he wants to make us. And the first way we do that is by number one, he says, I want you to change your thoughts. Change your thoughts. He said in that verse that we need to let the Holy Spirit renew our thoughts, renew our attitude. So you need to change your thoughts. Why do we need to change the way we think? And the reason is, is because our thoughts are powerful. Our thoughts are powerful. And God says, I want to change the way that you think. And you can say, well, is that the power of positive thinking? No. Long before the power of positive thinking came about, there was King Solomon in the Old Testament that wrote this, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So our thoughts are actually very important. In the New Testament, Paul says it this way, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. See, God wants to change our thoughts. He wants to change the way that we think. 
because our thoughts are powerful. Paul says this in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8, fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. So he says, put your thoughts in this direction. Think this way. That's the first thing God wants to do. Charles Spurgeon said this, good thoughts are blessed guests and should be heartily welcomed, well-fed, and much sought after. I love that. We need to nurture our thinking. We need to nurture the good thoughts of God. God wants to change the way you think. A little after Mark was born, I began to suffer from anxiety and depression. It was one of the most overwhelming moments in my life. In fact, I don't even really know how I made it through that time or how I um, actually preached during that time or any of that to stand up in front of people and talk. This is, this is a little intimidating a lot of times. And, and yet, I, I remember just not even being able to... Uh, to, to think right during that time, and I began to feel uh, physical symptoms that were very real. The, symptom, the symptoms weren't made up, and I would find myself in, um, in, in, in the emergency room at different times because I couldn't breathe, or my heart thought I was having a heart attack, or different things, and I was convinced that I was dying. And in fact, uh, I, I've told this story before, but um, during that season, I, I didn't dedicate any of the babies in our church because I had convinced myself I would drop the baby during the dedication, and, I, and so um, I, I, I didn't do baby dedications during that time, and there's a whole group of children in our church that I didn't dedicate because I was so afraid I would drop them while I was praying for them. It was just, it was overwhelming. Um, my heart, resting heart rate was at 120 beats a minute, and and it was just it was out of control. And so I would I would um, go in for stress tests and 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 all these different things, and and it was just it was a, a crazy moment in my life. And I remember meeting with my doctor at one point, and my doctor said, "There's nothing physically wrong with you. Okay, there's nothing." that we can diagnose. There, there's nothing physically wrong with you, but if you don't get a handle on this, um, there will be something wrong with you. you. You aren't made to work at this level of stress or your heart to beat that fast or all that, you know, you, you will have trouble if you, if you don't get a grip on this. And, and I remember, because I actually brought my Bible uh, to the uh, waiting room of this particular doctor, and, and as I was reading, because I was just trying to get hope from the Lord during this time, and I remember just in this moment, like, do I believe God's word or don't I believe God's word? And and it, there was just like this this mental shift that happened in my life, and um, through very good doctors. And, uh, and medicine at the time, and um, a change of, of how my thought, because it's all based on fear. For me, it was all based on fear. There was just, it was just fear had gripped my mind. The enemy was just, it had gripped my mind. But I want to I give a testimony tonight that, that God can change you. He can change the way you think. And, and I want to 
And I also want to say this because I think, th- I think this is very important as well, is because in our testimony, you need to tell the whole testimony. And the whole testimony is this, that I believe uh, that the doctors helped me and my counselor helped me and medication helped me. And all these things were part of the testimony, how God uh, took care of me and began to change the way I think. I don't, I don't have those thoughts anymore. Not that I never suffer from anxiety or depression, or every, but it's not overwhelming anymore because, because God changed. Okay, listen to God's Word. What does He say? And, 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 and it changed how I think. It, I, I really believe God delivered me from that season. Like, like even before even talking about it would have gotten me all worked up and, and able to talk about it tonight without too much trouble. And so we have to realize that God wants to change the way that we think. He wants to get inside of our minds so that we can think His way. Something that's really popular right now uh, are corn mazes, and you can uh, go into them. Uh, we were just in Iowa, so there were a lot of corn mazes, and you can go in, and I don't know if you've ever done a corn maze, but they are a little, talk about anxiety, right? You get in, and you're in the corn, and the corn's super tall. You don't know where to go. Like, like are you ever going to get out of this? And, and, um, and corn mazes work because you can only see your immediate surroundings. You, you can't see the end. You can't see where the maze goes. I mean, if, if the corn was only this high, it wouldn't be much of a maze, right? Like, well, i got to get over there, so I'll just work my way over there. It, it's because you can't see. You can only see what's immediately around you. And sometimes life is like a maze. And all we can see is what's going on right now around us. And that's what, I was, that's what I was living. I was living in this fear that like, I don't know what tomorrow, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And, and this, this fear just gripped me. And, and I want to tell you that life is a maze, but God gives us direction in his word. He gives us purpose in his word. He, he gives us vision to change our thoughts. And so this is where I just want to give you a number of verses that, that, that have helped me. And I'd like to give them to you. Because God wants to change the way you think. Now, you may say, well, I don't, I don't suffer with anxiety like that. I, I never was overwhelmed like that. But there are times in our life where we just we feel like, I don't know where I'm at, and I don't know where I'm going, and, and it just it begins to feel overwhelming because we just have these, these circumstances surrounding us. Let me give you some vision from God's Word, okay? So here's some verses to write down. The first one, you all know it, Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. That I had to believe, even in the most difficult season of my life, that God is going to work everything together for good. I had to believe that, that God is at work. I belong to him. So he's working on my behalf. Philippians 1.6 is another one. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus that God wasn't going to leave me. He wasn't going to leave me in that moment, that he was at work inside of my life, and he was going to continue to work. It wasn't over then. It was actually just the beginning of a testimony. So he's at work. He's going to bring it to completion. One of my favorites is Hebrews chapter 13, uh, verse 5, and he said, uh, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And in the Greek, I'll I'll never, ever, ever, ever leave you. I'll never, ever, ever forsake you. He's just saying, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. That even when you are in that moment, like, that's all you can see and you don't know where you're going, I'm with you in that moment. Ephesians 1.8, 
for he has showered his kindness on us uh, along with all wisdom and understanding. That, that he's given us these things. And he hasn't just given these things. He's showered us. He's, he's like he's overwhelmed us with his kindness, with wisdom, with understanding. He, he's there. 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 9, verse 8 says, And he will generously provide all you need. Whatever you need, God's going to provide it for you. He knows exactly what you need. He knows what you need better than even what you know what you need. He's going to take care of that need. That's our God. And we sang about this, that, that I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God that I belong to God. He's going to take good care of me. And so I have to allow God's Word to change my thinking and not just change my thinking, shape my thinking. Because if I change my thinking, I'm going to change my life. And God says, you're not meant to live the old way. You're meant to live knowing that I've got you and I've got a good plan for you and I'm taking good care of you. And He's faithful. And, and so that's the first thing in this, this, this passage of, of Ephesians 4. He wants to change your thinking. Allow the Holy Spirit to change your thinking. The next thing God wants to change um, is he wants to change your words. He, he wants to change your words because just like your thoughts are powerful, your words are powerful. So just as your thoughts are powerful, your words are powerful. And so if, if you have your Bibles open to Ephesians chapter 4, just jump down to verse 29 with me. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everyone or everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. So what God wants to do is he wants to remove the, the bad and, and puts, put in the good. And, and that's important because our, our voice, our mouth, our words are actually connected to our heart. Our words are connected to our heart. The words that come out of your mouth are never neutral. They're never neutral. The words that come out of your mouth are powerful. They are good or they're evil. They bless or they curse. Every word that you speak, every sentence you speak is a confession. So what are we confessing with our words? Because God says, I want to change the way you talk. I want to change your words. And the words reflect the heart. Just as the, the gas gauge on your car uh, measures how much gas is in the tank, your words are measuring your heart. Now, when it comes to the gas gauge, uh, we have people that are what we call full people and people that are empty people, right? There are people that, man, as soon as that needle starts to go down a little bit, i got to put more gas in, I need to keep my tank full. And then there's others of us like me who, like, I wonder how far I can drive on E before I run out of gas. Like, there's just, those, there's just two different mindsets out there. And, and that's talking about gas, but talking about our heart, um, God wants us to gauge your heart with our words. And you're going to like, well, I don't know. I don't know if my, how... how are my words connected to my heart and I don't know if, if it's full or empty? All you need to do is ask the people around you. Ask the people that you're closest to. Are, are my words blessing or are they cursing? Are, are my words building up or are they tearing down? Are the confessions that I make positive or are they negative? So, so we need to check because it's, it's a gauge of our heart. Jesus said it this way 
uh, words in red in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, what you say flows from what's in your heart. What's in your heart, that's what's going to come out of your mouth. Proverbs says it this way, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. See, again, this is so important that, that, that we have to guard what we say because God wants to change what we say. Because what we say is going to, or what's in our heart is going to come out, right? So I have a cup up here, Christian Life Church cup, a mug right here. And, and so if uh, I get bumped and what would be inside of this could come out um, if, if, if there was liquid in here. And so if I get bumped and something bad came out, it'd be because it's what's in the cup, right? So whatever's in the cup is going to come out. And, and that's how it is in our life, is, is when we get bumped in life, when we go through difficult times, what, what, is, what comes out of our mouth? Does cursing come out of our mouth or blessing come out of our mouth? You know, what, what, and God says, good things need to come out of your mouth, not bad things. It's, it's, uh, it, it tells you all about your heart. Whatever's inside of you tells you about your heart. I wasn't going to tell this story, uh, but I will. It's telling on me. Uh, this is a long time ago, um, back when you had to develop film. Remember that? And, um, and there was something really exciting that came where you could get it in an hour, right? Like, you didn't have to wait. You could take it and uh, you take it to Walmart. And they even they put the photo center, like, right up front. So you put it in, and, and you get it back in an hour and, and uh, stuff. And so I was a youth pastor back in the day, so this has been you know, probably early 90s, and, and so we had taken some pictures for the kids, and we are going to show them that night, and, you know, there was no phones or computers, so it was pictures. You had to have pictures of, of the events or whatever, so we went and did it and did the hour time, and, and so I go back with one of our leaders, and I, I walk into Walmart and say, okay, I'm here to pick up my pictures, and they say, what's it under? And I say, well, Daryl Merrill, and, uh, um, and they start looking, oh, we don't have any pictures. And I'm like, what? I just brought, you know, they have to have pictures, and we're about to start, and I, I need my pictures. And, and they're like, no, we don't have anything here for Daryl Merrill. And so I'm starting to get angry, right? I'm starting to get, you know, um, instead of holding, you know, the cup with Christian life on the outside, I kind of turn it where they can't see and say, hey, you lost my pay. Where are my pay? I'm just start, start giving it to the person, and the, and the youth leader taps me on the shoulder and says, hey, Daryl, I think it's actually under Christian Life Church. And I'm like, oh, no, I've just been giving this person the business, and it's under Christian Life Church. And sure enough, it was under Christian Life Church, but I had totally ruined the testimony of our church by that time, right? That was a good learning experience as a young man. Just like, I don't get to talk that way just because I'm upset, and, and I'm upset with somebody. It's like, I represent... Uh, well, church, yes, but Jesus, wherever I go. I can't talk that way to other people because, because this is a gauge of this, and my heart needs to be for people, um, not against people. That's really so important because we're called to love at all times, and when love is described in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, everything about love builds up. It's patient, it's kind, you know, um, it, it's not selfish, it's not self-seeking. It doesn't tear down. It's not jealous. It's not angry. It doesn't tear down. It builds up. And so our words need to build up because that's a picture of our heart, that we would share our heart and everything done in love. So check your words. Check your confessions. Are they building up? Or are they tearing down? Number three, the third thing that we're asked to check is our actions. We need to change our actions. 
If you go to um, uh, verse 28, it says, if you're a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good work and then give generously to others in need. So we're called to, to, to do good things. And, and if you notice in this verse, it's not just not doing bad things. It's not just quit doing these things, but instead do good things. Because a lot of times when we think of Christianity, we think of the thou shalt nots or the do nots. And so we have these things, well, you're not supposed to do this and you're not supposed to do that. So if I don't do this and don't do that, then I'm a good person. No, it's not just that we stop doing the bad things. Yes, stop doing the bad things, but, but also do the good things. Why? Because we've already learned in Ephesians, we're created for good works. We're not just created to not do bad things. We're actually created to do good things. And, and so we don't want to just think good thoughts about other people and say good things about other people. We, walk, we actually want to do good actions for other people, right? We don't want to just think and say them. Those are important, right? But now we have to do something about it. And I have to do it in every area of my life. And I can't do that on my own. I need God's help. We lost power uh, this last week during the storms. I don't know if any of you uh, lost power, but uh, um, yeah, it wasn't even that long. I mean, I think it was like 14 hours, maybe 16 hours. It, it happened in the night. It came back later in the morning. And, but it's just, it's just weird not having any power, right? And, and so I'm trying to, because the phone is the only thing we have, so I'm like trying to keep it. Like, I have like 1% on my phone. I'm like, okay, just keep working there. You know, just in case you need to call somebody watching the sump pump, make sure it doesn't overflow, and just thinking, okay, all the stuff that's in the freezer, and what happens if it goes too long, what should we do, and you know, just all these things, and, um, and the Lord really spoke to me during that power outage, because it was, you know, a little extended time, but, but I was just, the Lord just says, you can't live your life without power. Life doesn't work without power. You know, we need power, right? We need that power to, to, to kind of make it through our modern lives nowadays. And, and so why are we trying to live and do things without his power, without his strength? Why are we trying to work on our own minds, our own mouth, or our own actions on our own? We need God's help. We, we, just, we just really realize that, or I realize that, that life doesn't work well without power. We need God's power, and it comes through the Holy Spirit. And if you keep reading through chapter 4, I just encourage you to read this, this passage of Scripture. It's, in the next verse, we're going to talk about not grieving the Holy Spirit. Is that we don't want to grieve the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit's power. Why would I think or say or do something that would grieve the Holy Spirit? I need the Holy Spirit's power at work in my life. I need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. If you look at verse 31, you'll notice all three of the things that we talked about in the one verse, and I put it in parentheses. So it says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. Those are our thoughts. Put that in parentheses. Harsh words and slander. Those are words, as well as all types of evil behaviors. That's our action. So we see this constantly in this passage of Scripture that, that Paul is talking about our thoughts, our words, and our actions. That his new creations in Christ Jesus, his masterpieces in the hands of God, he wants to change the way we think, change the way we talk, and change the way we act. That's what he's trying to tell us. And, and the enemy is going to come through on each one of those things to try to destroy you. He's going he's to sneak in, and he's going to try to get into your thought life. 
He's going to try to get into what you say. He's going to try to influence what you do. And, and just as that can seep into our life, so can, so can the, the power of God, the, the power of the Holy Spirit. It can, it can seep into us, and, and we can actually walk holy and righteous. And so when uh, an evil thought comes to my mind, I can replace it with a good thought. And when I put a good thought in my mind, I'm actually sowing a seed for something to change in, in the inner core of who I am. I'm, I'm changing the thought. I'm sowing a good thought seed. And, and then when something comes out of my mouth, I, I can sow a good word that will be transformed in a harvest inside of my life. So I can change my thoughts. I can change my words. And I can do something. I can practically do something that, again, will lead to transformation because God wants to change these things inside of us. And these things actually are what we call discipleship. And, and so I'm just going to give you an example. And I've already drawn it out, so I'm going to just flip this piece of paper over. And, and so Jesus says, I want you to follow me. I, I want you to be my disciple, uh, a learner. And, and we learned a little bit tonight about, about thoughts, about words, about actions. And so um, in following Jesus... This is how I talk about discipleship. And, and instead of using thoughts, words, and actions, we're going to use head, heart, and hands. Because head, that's our thoughts. Heart, um, that's our words, what we say. And hands, you know, that's what we do. And, and so in this, um, this is discipleship. It, it may start with a, an understanding. Like, I come to church, I hear a sermon, I understand. It's when I understand, it gets into my heart. It's like, okay, God, you told me what to do. I want to obey you. I want to follow you. And so then I do it with my hands. I, I, I do it in action. And it's like, yes. And so I'm following Jesus, which leads me to thinking even, even God, I want to do even more. And so my heart changes more and my actions change more. And it's this like cycle that, that goes through. But some things are harder than others in our life, and it's not just a cycle thing that begins with our head, goes to our heart, and goes to our hands. It's actually something that can start anywhere and go in any direction. So you may not think it. Uh, it may be hard for you to change your thoughts, you know, especially if you're battling anxiety or something. It's hard to change the, the thought pattern. And so what I need to do is I need to change my heart. So I begin to confess with my mouth. Even though I'm feeling it, I'm thinking it, I begin to say, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. I confess it before I even think it, and that confession can actually change how I think. And how I think can change what I do. Or it's like, I don't, I'm not thinking it, I'm not saying it. You know, sometimes, you know what, God, I'm not feeling it, but you know what, you said in your word, to be generous, to be kind. Um, so I'm just going to, I'm going to bless someone. I'm just, I'm just going to obey. And so we do it, and there's something about obedience that changes our heart. And then we begin to think good things. And so it can go in this direction or this direction, but, but it's also kind of this flywheel that is as you get it going, it just, it's this discipleship that it, it's the head, it's the heart, it's the hands, it's my thoughts, it's my words, it's my actions. And, and God's saying, I, I want to get this inside of you tonight through the word, but through his word for the rest of his life, that this is how you follow Jesus. 
And wherever you need to start, whatever is easiest for you, because for some, the easiest thing for you to do is just to act. Like, okay, I just need to, I just need to do it. And then I'll begin to feel it and think it. Or maybe some of you are like, I don't, I've never done it, and I'm not thinking it, but I'm going to confess it. And, I, and you begin to build up your spouse or your kids or your friends and, instead of tearing them down. You begin to do that, everything's going to change in your life. Anytime you start this, it's just going to change. And so um, I want you to think about this. I want you to get this inside. And, and the word of God tonight for you is that God wants to change you from the inside out. God wants to change you. He wants to make you his masterpiece. And he does this through our thoughts, through our words, and through our actions. Amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me tonight? It's time to go and, and live this out. And, and I'm just going to pray that this, um, this message finds good ground in your heart. You can, you can just dive in in a deeper way in Ephesians chapter 4. Just begin at verse like 17 and go to the end of the chapter. And just allow God's word to, to come inside tonight. Where do you need God the most? Where do you need the Holy Spirit's power? Do you need it to change your thinking? Do you need the power of the Holy Spirit to change the way you talk? Do you think it and say it, but you're just not good at doing it? Do you need the power of the Holy Spirit to to act on these things? Every thought, every word, every action is a seed, and we need to plant good seeds to get a good harvest. And none of these things are neutral. Our thoughts aren't neutral, our words aren't neutral, our actions aren't neutral. We are sowing seeds in everything we do. And I don't know about you, but I want to reap a good harvest. I want a good harvest with God, yes, but I want a good harvest in all of my relationships. Because that's when I'm, 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 I'm being most like Jesus. And you can't do this on your own. You need the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit. So don't grieve the Holy Spirit with your thoughts or words or actions. Cooperate with him. Change how you think. Change how you speak. Change what you do. Jesus, we're just so grateful for tonight. We're just so grateful for the family and friends that we have gathered together. We're so grateful for every song we got to sing and every word. God, we're so grateful for our time of prayer. God, we're so grateful for your word. Your word is so true. It is so real. It is so practical for our lives. God, you, you want to make us a masterpiece. You want to do good things in our lives. So, so Holy Spirit, come. We give you full permission to enter our minds, our mouths, and our hands and feet. To think, to speak, to act like Jesus. Forgive us for doing it our own way for letting our thoughts just go in any direction, for allowing words to come out that don't build up. Lord, forgive us for our sarcasm. 
Forgive us for our only kidding statements. Lord, just forgive us. Lord, forgive us for, for not doing what you asked us to do. Lord, we don't want to just do, not do the bad things. We want to do the good things. And so, Holy Spirit, give us strength to obey. Give us strength in our minds and in our hearts and in our mouths. And God, thank you for your word. I pray that it finds good ground and it grows and, and it just begins to produce such good fruit this week in our life. God, thank you for watching over us and taking care of us and thank you for leading us. Even when we can't see much around us, God, you've got a vision for our life. Lead us in that vision this week, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.